everybody. Welcome to Dr. Who Podcast. We do appreciate you being here. Uh, today is a very exciting day. My friend Lewis Howes is here. This is a uh, really, I, I appreciate you coming in and giving me an opportunity to support you in this new book. The book is The Greatness Mindset. Unlock the power of your mind and live your best life today. The School of Greatness was, uh, of course, the one I think everybody knows, The Mask of Masculinity. And uh, Lewis is also a New York Times, as you said, best-selling author, keynote speaker, host, two-sport All-American athlete, former professional football player. And uh, I remember, well, first of all, welcome. Thank you. It's good to see you. You, you I can't wait to see you in person and hug you sometime soon. I I know. Well, that's what we, I was just, I'm reflecting upon when we actually were in the flesh. And uh, it's been years. Well, I think it must have been the first year of your podcast. Well, no, I think it was like, I've been doing it for 10 years, the podcast. I think it was that, I think it was at least nine years ago. I really do. Because I remember you were still, you were still trying to figure out what it was going to be really right now. You knew you were onto something, but it was, it was just taking form. I remember. Well, and we can't wait 10 years until the next time we got to hang out in person. So. Please, please, for God's sakes. Uh, but more importantly, I have you now. And yeah. I, in addition to go over the book, which I enjoyed greatly, and I've got a lot of stuff I want to get into and, and I don't want to give away too much because I don't want people to not buy the book, but there's a lot in there. I, I found very intriguing. But I, I want to I want to hear now your assessment. Uh, then you were still forming your sense of what your philosophy was and what is greatness. And yeah, you were coming out of this thing that you were moving into. And, and you, you, you tell me where you are now. What, what, what do you how, What's your philosophy? Well, I think, well, think, I think 10 years ago, I was in a much different place because I was committed to success, like growing up small town, Ohio. And having dreams of being, you know, a professional athlete and, and making millions of dollars and, and, uh, you know, then building a business and making an impact, all these things. A lot of it was geared towards success. And you know what, Drew? I got success. I, I made money. I launched a business. I sold a company. I was a pro athlete. I did, you know, I had the, the good looking girlfriend at the time, all these different things that I thought I was supposed to do. But for some reason, I felt emotionally bankrupt. Mm-hmm. I felt spiritually off track. And I felt not that I was like a bad person or anything. I just didn't know how to create emotional peace inside of me. I had money in the bank. I had, you know, some followers and a little brand and what seemed to be success outwardly, but I was still trying to figure out, well, why do I feel this pain in my chest? Why do I have these heart palpitations off and on? Why do I struggle in intimacy and relationships? How come I have these breakdowns in certain business relationships still? Why am I reactive out in the world when you know I'm, on, I'm late for something and I'm running around in traffic? Why am I so stressed and anxious and overwhelmed? Why do the outside forces seem to have control over my mindset and my emotions mm-hmm. where I was forcing and grinding and hustling to create these results, which got me results, but it didn't give me inner peace. It didn't give me a sense of self-love or personal freedom within Mm. dynamics and relationships of all walks of life. And these last 10 years, I've wanted to discover how to, what greatness is because success didn't work for me. And what I've learned is that success in itself is not bad and wrong but it is a selfish act. It's what can I create for me? What can I accomplish for me? How can I look good? Um, how can I earn the money, accomplish these things, which I think is, is awesome, but it didn't work for me. And when I started to study and learn about greatness from incredible minds like yourself and other doctors and neuroscientists and billionaires and world-class athletes, I realized that greatness is about accomplishing and pursuing those dreams, but making it about others as well, making it about the service to others. How can you use your goals, your dreams in the service of other people? And that could be your friends and family or your community, or it could be spread wider. And can can I stop you? I'm having an experience. I'm just emotionally, I'm having an experience. Tell me, how are you feeling? I, well, I'm not, I'm sort of um, elated for you, I guess, is what I'm feeling, excited for you, because I, I thought that's what you were going to say from having read the latest book. And while I was reading the book, I kept having some faint memories of sort of 
you're going to laugh at this now at, at you asking questions in this area and then asking me for the recipe to fix it. Like I need a recipe for success, for more success is sort of what you were asking. More success. Yeah. yeah. You were sort of asking for more success at the time. And uh-huh. I kept saying, and I kept talking about trauma, which is what you're alluding to and emotional regulation and yeah. service to others and gratitude and all these things that you now have packed into this book. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, this not surprise me at all that, that this is where you've come to, because this is where, it's where everybody comes. It's, this is the reality of the human experience. It, I, I have so many friends like yourself that have great success, and they go, "Well, now I got to do something." I thought yeah. I, I get kind of pissed at them because I'm like, "Hey, you have financial freedom. You can go do something. You should do things. You know, you got to understand these things. I understand, but d- don't don't diminish the fact that you have achieved some freedom because of what you have achieved." And the, it's always, it's always others. It's always service to others that comes in. And it's really about what's, it's not just greatness. Well, maybe, maybe the frame is, I, I frame it as leading a good life, or maybe yeah. it's really leading a great life. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because I feel like all roads lead to figuring out whether you call it spirituality or inner peace or deeper fulfillment and meaning. I was just interviewing someone earlier today who's got a uh, over $4 billion worth of real estate assets and billions more in other businesses. And I go, what? And I was asking him about money and understanding happiness and money. And he goes, people should never link happiness to money. Mm. And they should link happiness to other things, but not to money. Mm. Money is, and when they do that, that's when you find really rich, miserable people that Mm -hmm. do horrible things. Lots of that. And it just amplifies more of who you already are. So, you know, yes, I think a lot of people want to make more money or they want to have more opportunities or have more followers or notoriety. But if you haven't figured out the peace thing inside of you or the, the healing inside of you that needs to occur in order to manage that, then it's going to amplify more of that stress and chaos that is within you. So for for me, the journey has really been a healing journey on healing my thoughts and emotions around everything, around how I interpret the world, intimacy, relationships, parents, my my younger self, and the phases of my psychological uh, timeline up until now to what's happening around me and, and really healing my thinking and emotions around it so that I feel and I am peace throughout a world that could be chaotic and overwhelming. And I think that's really been what I've learned over the last specifically couple of years of a deeper healing journey because I was able to keep accomplishing and growing, but I still had this kind of chest pain. Mm. I go, what's the point of doing all this if I don't feel peaceful? And I think one of the greatest prisons that someone can live in is having it all, but feeling emotionally bankrupt, Mm -hmm. spiritually bankrupt and trapped inside emotionally and not getting a way out. And so for me, when I felt, when I was able to heal the ball of pain that was in my chest for Mm -hmm. most of my life up until two years ago, it disintegrated throughout my body after months and months and months of intensive, just all in, I'll do whatever it takes emotionally to process, to heal, to transform. It has given me so much more energy, freedom, clarity. And it doesn't mean I'm some like perfect elevated human being, but I'm less reactive in almost every situation where I used to be, you know, competitive and aggressive and try to get back at people. Now I'm just like, okay, this is an unfortunate situation and maybe I don't like it and maybe it's going to make me feel a little angry, but I'm not going to let it consume me to make poor decisions like I used to. I'm going to figure out how to process this and stay really committed to the vision that I have at hand of who I want to be in this world and in this moment. And that's been the journey for me. Now, you used a bunch of what are for me code words. uh, And I don't know if... I don't know if you've talked about these things publicly or if, and if you don't not comfortable, please, please don't, don't let I'm me. open for everything. Uh, but you, you use the word timeline and, and that's a real specific therapeutic thing we do is where we have people do a timeline. Is it somebody walk you through that? I'm not sure what specifically you're referring to in terms of them walking me through that, but I did a lot of emotional healing at different 
stages of my childhood up until now. Mm. So I started with the first memory of pain, which yeah. was sexual abuse that I went yeah. through. I was sexually abused by a man that I didn't know. I've opened yeah. up about it many times and talked about it. Yeah. And it no longer affects me talking about it. Whereas 10 years ago when I opened up about it, it was the scariest thing in the world. Like yeah, I sure. held on to that shame yeah. and that secret for 25 years because I thought if anyone knew this about me, no one would love me. No one would be a friend of mine. No one would accept me. They would judge me. They would. And, and, it's, and it's a common cause. You used another word, intimacy. It's a common cause of intimacy disorders. And yeah. somebody sort of label you as having an intimacy disorder at one time. Um, no, but I would just say that through constant breakdowns in intimate relationships and yeah. repeating a pattern time yeah. and time again for, I don't know, 15 years. Traumatic reenactment. It was like, okay, I'm the problem. <laughs> you know? I remember bringing up reenactments with you when uh, we last spoke and you were like, what? No way. Yeah. <laughs> so now yeah. you're looking at your own stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, no, lo- looking at all the patterns, like why do I attract, why did I attract these yeah. types of relationships? Yeah. And yeah, what yeah. was, what was the underlying reason I was attracted to someone else who was wounded and unhealthy and what what was I bringing to the table and how was I validating myself and why did I stay committed in relationships for years after I knew they weren't healthy or the right thing? What, you know, all these things that I was afraid of. Yep. So I, I went through many, many months every single week of intensive emotional coaching therapy. And I just said, I'm committed to doing whatever it takes to create personal freedom inside of me. So for this, for the stuff you're talking about, often they do some a sort of a timeline. It's yeah. not, sometimes it's a formal timeline. Sometimes right. it's just take me back to your first memory, then your yeah. first trauma, then your first relationship. And you just sort of walk all the way through this yeah. and look at them very, and again, you look, and as you, as you evolve, you look at it all again, yeah. sort of a different perspective. <laughs> the first thing, go back again. Yeah. yeah because you, when you're, you literally, you're now in a different place looking at those yeah, experiences and they look different to you as you grow away from, from the trauma. So one of the exercises I had is I had a photo, I've got a photo of me and my girlfriend now, but I had a photo on my, on my cell phone of my five-year-old self. Hmm. And, um, it, maybe the photo was around five or six, but it was to reflect on that time of when I went through sexual abuse and when I felt all the confusing emotions and feelings and shame and uncertainty and anger and resentment and all these different things I felt. And I never had anyone, I never had any adults know about it because I didn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. So I never got the emotional connection that I needed to process and heal that shame and that pain and that loss normal of, though but normal innocence. people that's how trauma affects brains it, it, right. it what what your brain does it puts it away and moves away from it like just happy to have it in the yeah. background and but it le- but as uh you know the famous book is the 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 body makes the uh, body keeps the score the score yeah. yeah and so but your body still keeps keeping the score and reenacting this thing all the time Health advice can be a bit generic, and you might be doing everything right, but don't reach your goals. Wild Health's fully virtual, personalized precision medicine service offers healthcare that is tailored to your unique genetic makeup. So I'm excited to introduce you to these guys. Wild Health is revolutionizing the healthcare industry with genetics-based precision medicine, and their newly launched premium programs give concierge medicine a whole new meeting. You start by doing Wild Health's proprietary genetic test and a comprehensive blood panel, thorough medical intake. You receive a 50-page personal health report detailing your nutrition, exercise, recovery plan, and their premium program goes even further. Developed for top executives, professional athletes, high performers. Includes epigenetic age test, coronary CT scan, full body MRI, or DEXA scan. You'll work with your physician to determine which exams are most relevant for you and your goals. And if you're looking for the most high-touch healthcare experience on the market, Wild Health's premium Apex program is for you. Equipped with a full care team made up of industry-leading providers, including direct and unlimited access to board-certified precision medicine physicians. Better yet, Wild Health just opened 10 spots in their premium program for the Dr. Drew Podcast listeners. So if you've been searching for a better alternative to traditional healthcare and want to take your health to new heights, look no further. Visit wildhealth, W-I-L-D-H-E-L-T-H, wildhealth.com slash premium to apply for membership.
And I always felt, I don't know if you want to call it like anytime that the wound was pressed, yeah. I felt like I was being abused. I was being taken oh, advantage yeah. of. Interesting. Felt, you know, well, that's in, interesting. Will you please write a book about how our entire country is in that posture? Right I now? know, right? And we need to move on past that. I little? know, right? Well, I think healing needs to occur first. It's hard to move past something. You can't just run away from it. Yeah. It's going to keep coming up. So we've yeah. got to learn to heal. And um, most people don't want to talk about healing. They just want to get results. They just want to overcome. Or they want to they want to reenact the trauma, which is really right. what they, they want to they wound know other that's people. What they're doing, but that's yeah, what they, they want to do. So they want to hurt others. Either hurt, yeah. either you put you in the position of victimizer or yeah. victim, one or the other. You get exactly. you get recast in both both you know, regularly in either role. Exactly. And so yeah. I spent I spent about six to nine months weekly doing these exercises of daily, you know, we look at our phones so much, like just daily connecting with the five-year-old me mm. and saying, what did you need to hear? What did you need to feel? What did you need to experience? Mm. Um, what did you need to express? Because I never got to do those things as a five-year-old. So mm -hmm. going back in time, 33 years or whatever it was when I started this process a couple of years ago, um, I was able to give my psychologically wounded self as a five-year-old and do, you know, I know you help people with this, do kind of different emotional healing exercises with me. Yeah. Seeing myself as a five-year-old in front of me, yeah. connecting to him yeah. in a spiritual way and really embracing him, hugging him, bringing him in close to my heart and saying, hey, you're safe. As an adult, thank you for getting us here. Thank you for going through all these scary moments. You got us here. Now you're safe. I got you now. I'm, I'm going to carry us through. I'm, I'm here for you. Uh, say whatever you need to say. And that was a beautiful process for me. As weird yeah. as it might sound, I don't no, think your audience would think it's weird. No, no, but no. That was beautiful. For me, growing up in Ohio, hearing something like this would have been like, you're you're crazy and who are you? And don't be a little well, wuss. I, like I'm telling you, I remember you resisting these yeah. ideas 10 years ago. I know. <laughs> uh, I know. And I think funny. it's um, it, it unlocked the pathway for me to another level of transformation, another of course, level of peace. Right, of course. Com completeness, wholeness. It's wholeness. wholeness. Yeah. And then I went and then I went through all this is you know, I was like, okay, I'm committed to continual healing. So I went through my nine-year-old self and had a photo up there, my 12-year-old self, my 17-year-old self, and just all the different timelines of my childhood essentially where I was you know, I went through a stealing phase. I went through a cheating phase on tests and homework. And mm. I went through a lying phase and all these things that I had shame and insecurity and, you know, resentment around about myself. I went back and started to process those things and create congruency and create alignment. And it's given me so much more peace to connect the dots from my psychologically wounded selves and bring it into modern time now. And try to create as much healing, forgiveness, Forgive. let go of the shame. I was going to say, that was the word you hadn't used yet. And I was sort of surprised. Forgiveness yeah. is an important part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Forgiving myself, forgiving others, and yeah. just saying, okay, yeah. all these things, and creating a deeper sense of meaning. I know you talk about man's search for meaning. Victor yeah. Frankl, it's like, yeah. yeah. Between what does he say? Between stimulus and response is, is a moment or something, is like yeah. a, an opportunity, a window where you can choose. Think, you can choose, choose yeah. how you want to respond. Yep. And if we haven't healed the wounds, those wounds, when we get hit with a button, boom, someone says something, someone does something, bing, there's a wound. It's still hurt. It's still open. Mm -hmm. We're going to be unconsciously reacting based on a wound as you teach, you know, for, for so long. And that's where you see us happening in our country, in the world, where people are just yeah. unconsciously reacting, reacting, reacting. Oh, yes. They, un they haven't healed. And I have compassion for people because, you know, this is how I was reacting in a lot of ways in my life. Maybe not outwardly towards the world, but in intimate relationships. And it's it's been a it's been a journey. And there's another word you've not yet used, but what you're describing usually used to leads to a deep sense of gratitude. Oh gosh, I I every morning i wake up next to my girlfriend and we talk about what we're grateful for every night we go to bed we express three things we're grateful for if you call me on my cell phone and i don't pick up which i rarely do um my voice message says 
please leave a message. But before you do, tell me what you're grateful for. Nice. And I'll get back to you. I am such a big believer of integrating greatness, uh, gratitude. <laughs> I was going to say greatness, but gratitude yeah. just in every opportunity and moment that we can to bring us back to a peaceful, harmonious moment. So it's a big part of my life too. Before we get still, I, mean, I have so much I want to talk to you about it before I get to the book even. Um, but there, there's something about you. First of all, you, what you're calling your healing journey was that's pretty quick. That's pretty rapid compared to what some people have to struggle with, with the kinds of things you were, you were trying to well, make. I, I feel like I had to start because I started 10 years ago with opening up about sexual abuse. That took a few years to just process that. I see. Then, okay. then and that was the big door opener to say, right. okay, I'm open to trying more stuff. Uh-huh. Send me on this workshop. Take me. I go to India. I'm doing meditation retreats. I'm doing therapy. I'm, I'll try pretty much anything to see what else is there. Mm. And um, I realized still that in intimate relationships, I was causing, not causing, but I was experiencing pain and suffering oh, because sure. I didn't know how to courageously communicate my my needs, my wants. Mm. I was afraid to hurt someone. I was afraid yeah. to get out of relationships. So there was sure. still something there causing me to be shy, be insecure, be afraid. And so I had to just keep going deeper. Well, th- that part is what I wanted to ask you next, which is you seem like somebody... T- tell me why, and, and again, the book helps people with exactly this issue, but why do you think you were able to ask such difficult questions? Why people, they go the other way. They, they want to look at them. Why, why do, what do you think is about you? Because we I, want to bottle that too for people to be great. I don't know. I just felt like I, I have a responsibility with the, um, my life to make something greater mm. and continue to evolve and continue to be of service. And I have, I have such a deep mission to, to be of service to people mm-hmm. that I just felt like if I wasn't willing to fully go in on okay. myself and right. do all the work, I'm talking six, seven, eight hour oh, coaching I, sessions I, I, on I, I Saturdays. Know, I get it. I know Zoom, you, you know, Zoom calls, going to yeah. Long Beach and doing and yeah. whatever. It, I was just like, I'm, you know, here's what it is. I went through a, a lot of pain in a previous relationship and I was just like, I keep repeating this. I'm the problem. This is now 15 years of me repeating this in different relationships, the same results. And I'm now insane because I'm doing the same thing over and over again. So I was just, I was like, whatever it's going to take for me to create freedom and peace within me, I am now at the breaking point emotionally and psychologically where I was like, what I'm doing is not working. Somehow I'm really good in business and marketing and networking and, you know, creating content and all like I can do, I can take action. I'm, I'm not fearful there, but in intimacy, I was still wounded. Mm. And so I was just like, I need peace and freedom. I don't have it. I feel emotionally trapped and imprisoned and I want some relief. I wasn't willing to go down. I wasn't, I've never been drunk or high in my life. So I wasn't about to go down the numbing route. And I just knew the only way was through. I can't run from it. I can't hide from it. I can't find a different relationship again and just keep repeating it. Mm. I've got to go through the pain. I've got to do whatever it takes to create inner freedom. I know it's in me. I just got to learn the lessons now. And that's, I think that when we experience so much pain is either a breaking point or like a numbing point. And I had a breaking point where I was just like, I'm not going to numb this. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to go through it and I'll do whatever someone credible tells me to do hit a bottom. I will do I will do it and I will do it nonstop until you I hit a bottom I was just, I couldn't do it anymore and and it was and again something it's always something that makes us sort of breaks through our denial right yeah it, it's like it's either sometimes it's a kind of a new relationship like you're just hearing from new people that you from a perspective exactly. of you you know but you you have a lot of that in your life so I, I doubt it was that it really was just a plain old bottom I think it was a bottom yeah emotional yeah, and, bottom and my guess is this has all just enhanced your commitment to service. You started with somebody's service oriented, and now it's just probably full on. That's it. You yeah. know, I have so much more. I was living life at like a six or a seven on a good day emotionally. You know, I was, and I was still able to, to perform and mm-hmm. get results. Mm-hmm. But I just knew if I could figure out the emotional peace and the true self love, not from a, uh, an ego place, but from a, a 
a wholeness place. Wholeness. Yeah. That's the key word. Yeah. Alignment and congruency. Yeah. I was just like, what can I do then? How can I serve deeper and bigger and greater? And how can I be more effective and efficient with my time and energy? So I've just had a lot more abundant energy in the last couple of years because of this congruency. And it's been a game changer. Now, it was probably the second hardest thing I've ever done. The first one was going through the the release of sexual trauma and talking about that and kind of realizing people still love me and like me when they knew this about me and that I wasn't going to be broke and poor. No one was going to support my business anymore, which was my fear. Um, And then after that, this was probably the second hardest thing was like figuring out intimacy and really intimacy with myself before intimacy with others. Right. And I'm sure, I'm sure you know now that that kind of sexual abuse was exceedingly common back then, just like ridiculously common. Well, I mean, one in six for yeah. men, you know, is the uh, is the stat for sexual abuse. It may be even higher. It's one in four for women, from my understanding. And the challenge was, you know, it's it's dark and sad uh, whether it's a man or woman's being sexually abused. But I just I just know that men didn't have the support growing up right. to be able to talk about it. That's we didn't right. see other men open up about it. I never saw an athlete or a musician Correct. on TV say, this happened to me. That just never happened. So now we're seeing it more, which is amazing to see men open up about this stuff and create permission for healing to occur. You use the word spirituality several times. What does that mean for you? For me, it really means peace, congruency, and alignment. And I think you you get there when you understand the purpose of the season of life you're in and stepping into that purpose wholeheartedly. And I think for a lot of people, they don't know what their purpose is um, or they had a purpose that is no longer there. Maybe they had some type of career or relationship that ended and now they're trying to figure out who am I now? Um, and then a lot of people are doing something that is a, they think is a purpose, but it's not their true purpose for this season, but they're trapped in something that's kind of holding them back. And so I just really believe getting aligned, congruent, um, with some sense of purpose will create a deeper sense of why you're here. will create a deeper sense of calling and a connection to your creator or just the universe or just the the nature you're supposed to be in and being in harmony with the nature of the universe at this moment. And yeah, I think a lot of people, it. yeah, I think a lot of people feel it when you're, when you're congruous or whole, exactly. You feel, you feel connected in a deeper way when you're doing yeah. those things. And I, and I had this interview with uh, Wayne Brady. I'm not sure if you've interviewed him yet, but um, the first thing I asked him, I said, what have you learned about, you know, you've been on TV for, I don't know, 25, 30 years. You bring all this joy to so many people from all the, sh- the comedy and the singing and the dancing you do. Yeah, so talented, my God. Yeah, incredible. He's got to be one of the best in the world at what he does, right? Yeah, I agree. And I said, what have you learned about money, fame, and happiness and how to manage it all? And he goes, I haven't figured it out. I've gone through extreme you know, moments of depression of the last few years. Uh, I'm still not really happy. I, I haven't been able to figure out relationships. I don't have a relationship Uh-oh. and um, I haven't figured it out. Uh-oh. And it was just like, you know, it's we think <laughs> people that are having fun and making money and celebrities, we think that they've yeah. got it all figured out. And he is in his talent and his purpose. Mm-hmm. But he told me my whole life, I've been running from pain and chasing success. Oh boy. Running away from the people that hurt me, you know, the stuff that happened with my mom and my dad and the, the kids that didn't pick me in certain clubs, you know, things we've all gone through in certain elements of not feeling enough or not feeling wanted or abandoned or abused in some way, shape or form. And he's like, I've just been running my whole life and, and I've been chasing something else. And I think when you're running away from something and you're chasing something to try to feel what you want to feel that you're running from, you're never going to feel like you're enough. Mm. And it sounds to me like he's had a, a big progression over the last couple of years doing therapy and, and starting oh, to talk about these things. I'm glad to hear that. But it's, again, if we have a wound that we are running from, it, we might be able to create incredible results or success or some type of accomplishments or money, but it doesn't mean we're going to be happy, peaceful, or congruent 
with who we are in the world. And I just feel like learning to turn around and face all those things that we're running from until we create harmony with them, peace, forgiveness, acceptance. I think that's step one. And then not chasing, but being purpose. And so that those things start chasing us. And it's just a different shift of energy in the world. And it doesn't mean you're not going to be working hard and disciplined and and, uh, consistent. You know, you're probably one of the most hardworking, consistent human beings in the world with what you do. And that's why things come to you effortlessly because you keep showing up. Effortlessly. (laughs) Well, it looks effortless (laughs) on the outside. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether, no matter what you're selling, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media and marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth. Shopify gives you complete control over your business. And thanks to 24-7 help and extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support you every step of the way. Now, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify is there to empower. So it's your turn to get serious about selling and try Shopify today. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash drew, all lowercase, that is S H O P I F Y Shopify S H O P I F Y dot com slash D R E W Shopify dot com slash Drew to take your business to the next level today. One more time, Shopify dot com slash Drew. But I think when we're chasing and running away from things, um, it's we're never really facing the things that cause us. Well, so you you now brought in some other language here, and I noticed it in the book too. You talk about intention, yes, and and intention and and purpose and goals. These are each very different things. Yeah, Uh, and I'm not sure I got the clarity in the book about how you feel about those three different elements, because you did talk a lot about intention. I think intention is the way people change by setting an intention and then and I think, having a goal. I think your yeah, your intention for me is your way of being. Yeah. I yeah. intend to be generous, kind, yeah. vulnerable, present, giving, loving, playful. That's my but, intention. But intention almost implies you, it it's almost you almost already are when you set an intention. You know what I mean? It's like I don't I don't intend to, I just am. I'm intending this. I am. And this yeah. is how I'm gonna show up. Or or yeah. it's a reminder of like my intention is this. So stick to keep being that. Don't try to go off the course. Yeah. I think the uh, the goals is really giving yourself a target. You know, in the the three-dimensional world, I, I just feel like it's helpful to have some type of metric goal or thing that we're aiming towards. Um, to help us measure our results, measure our efforts, measure our daily behaviors and actions to see how they're supporting us or not supporting us. This is not a good or bad, right or wrong. It's just an effective way to evaluate your efforts and actions. And I think the vision is really what's the greater intention, right? The intention is this is my way of being. The vision, the mission is what I'm looking to intending to create in the world. So my my vision is to impact 100 million lives weekly to help them improve the quality of their life. It's a clear direction, but it's also a, essentially an intention of what I want to ripple and cause and affect in the world because of my intention and because of my goals helping me get there. And it's and I I look at it as helping me make decisions on a daily basis. Is this going to help my vision? Is this going to help me reach and impact 100 million lives weekly? to help them improve the quality of their life. If it's not, then I should probably say no to it. It's a way to safeguard my time, my actions, my efforts, and just stay focused and present. Now, you have a really interesting segment in here about dangers to avoid and how other people can get in your way or enhance what you're doing. I I really found that very interesting. Uh, (laughs) accountability partners uh-huh. 
that are no fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have coaches and accountability partners in every really category or area of my life. And I, here's the interesting thing. When you study greatness and when people think about greatness, they think about athletes a lot of times, or they think about big billionaires that have sold companies, or they think about musicians that have done extraordinary things. And when I interviewed Kobe, um, I asked him, you know, how important were coaches in helping you become a great athlete? And he was like, they're everything. You know, they helped guide me. They helped show up for me. They gave me course correction. They showed me my blind spots. And I was like, did you, when you won your first championship, did you say to Phil Jackson, hey, coach, thanks for getting me here. Now that I'm here, I don't think I need a coach or accountability partner anymore. I figured it out. So I'm going to go on and do it on my own. No, he went on and hired other coaches, accountability partners, and specialists to help refine and keep him at an elevated level. He didn't say, now that I figured it out, I'm going to do it on my own. And I just don't think we should try to do anything on our own in life. I just think this is a, I agree. This is a team sport we're playing, yeah. this game yeah. of life. And I feel like if you want to be a great athlete, it's important to have a great coach or accountability partner to show up for you at the gym and go through reps. And I just think it's life is can be very overwhelming and challenging even when we're growing and, and accomplishing things it can almost be more overwhelming and more pressure if we don't know how to manage it well, and, and it's particularly in terms of emotional change oh my gosh you're not wired up to change on our own it just doesn't really work we need we need brains heal other brains we need satellite brains and bodies yes. to help us i love that yeah. and i just think and a lot of people will get a fitness coach or a, a trainer They'll get a nutritionist to help them with their, you know, their eating discipline. You, they'll get a business coach, but most people won't get an emotional coach. And I'm just such a big believer now on the power of even once a month for an hour, having someone to process emotions, give you some tools, help you with your blind spots, mm -hmm. like your emotions are a sport and you're trying to master them. You're trying to optimize your skills using your emotions as opposed to your emotions using you. And I just... For me, it's been so beneficial having an accountability partner, a coach, whatever you want to call it. Well, yeah, tell, tell me more why you call it an accountability partner because that's also well, I just think a lot of people, when they hear therapy, they're like, ah, it means I'm broken. It means uh, uh, it's for people that are completely psychotic or messed up or uh, emotional breakdowns. Look at it. Be, as, it could be a good friend. It doesn't have to be somebody professional. Be, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think having someone... It can be an accountability partner. You can hire a therapist. You can hire an emotional coach, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Name it whatever it works for you. But having a coach support you mastering your emotions, I just think will make you a better human being, will make you a better lover, a better friend, a better colleague, a better everything. And I interviewed this brain surgeon um, who had done over a thousand brain surgeries. And he was also had a PhD in neuroscience. So we studied the brain and also the mind and understood them both. And I said, what is the number one skill of thousand brain surgeries and all the study in neuroscience you've done? What's the number one skill that you wish every human being could master? And he said, emotional regulation. That's he didn't it. say, he didn't say how to be a great public speaker, or how to make tons of money or, or, you know, do all these other skills. He said emotional regulation because he saw while doing thousand surgeries, taking out cancers and tumors from the brain, yeah. how the emotions caused trauma in the brain, caused cancers in the brain, yeah. how our bodies are affected, how our relationships get messed up because we don't have this skill. Now, so what, it begs the issue. I totally agree with that a thousand percent. And, and dysregulation is how people end up going towards numbing or acting out and all this kind of stuff. You, you mentioned this earlier. Um, but it begs the question, how is emotional regulation built normally? How is that supposed to work? And we actually have that whole system worked out. It, it's a guy named Peter Fonagy and a guy named Alan Shore have actually worked out the the interpersonal mechanisms and the interpersonal neurobiology associated with this really it's a well established uh sort of discipline now it's it's a sub discipline of psychoanalysis called relational psychoanalysis but it's embedded in neurobiology 
And I, I will just, you want to hear it real quickly? Yeah, please tell me. Okay, so it, it is essentially that when you're born into the world, you don't, your left brain is not working very well. You don't have language yet. You don't have linear you don't have logic. Yet. You're using all the right side of the brain, which is embedded in the body. So the body is the source of all the information. Initially, initially it's only things contained within your body boundaries. At about at six months of age, you shift to what are called partial contingencies. You like looking and seeing and experiencing things that you have an influence over, pushing a mobile, getting a bottle and putting it in my mouth, that kind of thing. Initially, it's just peeping and pooing and something in my mouth. <laughs> the mom is developed evolutionarily. Now, men can do this too, but men and women are just designed for this to attune to what's going on in that child's system without language, just to automatically by being in the presence of that baby, non-language baby, to be able to feel, to be able to feel what is coming from that child. And there's a whole body of literature of what goes on between faces. There's a, there's a whole back and forth and it involves the tiny, tiny mechanisms of the musculature, the eye and mouth, little tiny adjustments. The child reads these things. And it all comes, believe it or not, a guy named Stephen Porges has discovered that it's in a socio-emotional exchange system that comes out of the brainstem through the vagus nerve and embedded in the branchial pouches, which are what innervate our ear, our vocal cords, and our facial musculature. And so what happens is that the mom is attuning and watching the face, and the child is watching the face of the mom. And when the child has a feeling of some type, the mom examines the child. Child learns that minds have content and other people can appreciate the content of the mind. And when the baby's having a feeling, the mom will reflect on her face like mm, a pretend right. version, not, not, not a contagion. She won't catch the feeling. She'll identify the feeling feel it, but realize it's separate from her, and then automatically reflect it with the tiny musculatures of the face on her face. And it's a million of those exchanges back and forth and back and forth that result in these experiences of having a feeling, having it appreciated and examined by another person, literally metabolized and brought back through facial expression that teaches the child, that's your feeling, I can understand it, and I can give you some soothing affects alongside of that. Wow. And that's what we do in therapy. Good emotionally focused therapy, EMDR, all these things. Go back and re- get all these mechanisms and rely on them again. Therapists use vocal prosody. Oh, I hear it. Mm, what are you feeling? I wonder right. you feel. All this kind of vocal intonation stuff is goes right to your brainstem. <laughs> it goes right. Wow. And then a good therapist really is focused and feeling on you. And any therapist, because I've been in these situations a million times where when you're working with people, you feel and hear and smell and have all kinds of crazy experiences that are not yours, that are being communicated to you by the traumatized parts of that person sitting across from you, because that part is walled off and disconnected and dissociated, as you've said, but it's still, it's crying for attention. And the person in, in the, the, in front of me, the whole, the, the adult there is disconnected from it. And it, so it sends its information in, through these really wild means. And wow. what, what we do as therapists then is we call that up and say, hmm, I noticed something. I'm having a little pain in my shoulder. I wonder if that has meaning to you. I wonder if you, oh yeah, well, that's where I used to, that's where my dad hit me when I was. Uh, oh my gosh. You know, and it's, and, and it's, <clears throat> those kinds of things bring these things into the room and, and metabolize them again. I feel like, I almost feel like therapists are probably like superheroes because you've got to take on so much emotional weight Well, you've got it. You have to. I did 10 years of therapy to be able to do this stuff because you have to not catch it It has to not. It has to not be a contagion. You have to really. How do you do that? It's really hard. How do you be present and compassionate and empathetic and 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 feeling it, but not let it penetrate you? Not always keep the dis. the, The always keep an awareness of what's mine and what's yours. Wow. Uh, and, and I used to have real trouble with that. Oh my God, I had such trouble with that. And I'm guessing you probably still have some of that too, because when, you're, when your body boundaries have been violated, wow. like yours were, you, you end up having boundary issues. That's just a normal thing. And I, I, I'm a codependent because of that. You know, I'm, I was traumatized when I was a kid and stuff too, and not, not, not as overtly, but emotional trauma. Sure. And, um, 
and it results in you having porous boundaries. It just is. And but but as you are finding in your growth, that can be an asset. Yes. As you said, you now want to be it before other people. You want to serve other people. You have gratitude yes. moments, and you you have to you know work it all the time. But but um, I just think what you're doing is a really a great example of what I want to hear people to hear and know. And I feel like the book really gets people started on this journey. It yeah, really, my- it's it's a workbook. I which I didn't realize it was going to be. You have real specific elements in here for people to do. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I wanted to. I'm trying to think about people that were me 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's the Trojan horse that's going to get yep. anyone in I who's like, it. I want to be great. I want to be successful. Tell me what to do now, you know? Yep. And really the book is about healing um, and yep. that it doesn't matter how rich and famous and successful you are, you know, especially in the pandemic. I lived in a building here in Los Angeles and there was a guy that jumped out of my building and committed suicide who was worth a half a billion dollars Jeez. and was connected to you know, all the celebrities and this and that, but he hadn't figured out the inner peace, the enough, the whatever was going on. And there's, and I just think, okay, if you want to be successful, that's awesome. But if you're successful and miserable, that's the greatest prison in my mind, because you're a free person, but you're miserable with success. You've worked so hard to create something and you haven't been able to heal and figure out the rest of it. So for me, I was dealing with, there was so much of that. And I just want people to experience what peace and freedom Mm. internally feels like and, and how to make a greater impact on the people you care about around you in a bigger way. So I said, I need to find as many great research examples from neuroscientists, doctors, billionaires, world-class athletes, and essentially have them all say the same thing in different ways. Right. right so that course. it can connect to someone who resonates with those people. Yeah. That's been my process. Yep. I, I see it. I see it. Pick up that glass of Pinot Grigio, your drink of choice, and come have some fun with us on Turtle Time. We're going to do more than just drink and party on this podcast, Mom. I know, I know. Okay, if you don't know who I am, well, I'm Ramona Singer, and that's my daughter, Avery. And you probably know us best from the Real Housewives of New York. And now you'll get to know us even better on our podcast, Turtle Time. Let's make more iconic moments together every Wednesday. It's Turtle Time. Follow, Ray and review now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now I, I'm noticing that a lot of the, the sort of the foundation of what you're recommending is authenticity and being clear about who you are, and th- these are these are hard tasks. <laughs> these yeah. are, so how do, how do people go yeah. about? That? And I think really doing an assessment, like a lot of these action points that are just assessing where you're at and just saying, yeah. is this where you want to be? If not. Okay, then cool. Here's some options you can do to improve this. And one of the questions I ask a lot of people, I would ask you this as well right now, Drew. We'll go through a little exercise. Okay, do it. On a scale of one to 10, let's just say in the last year, last 12 months, call this the inner peace self-love scale. Mm. 10 being you feel like pretty consistently almost every day you have all the peace in the world internally, and you have a lot of love for yourself, not in a narcissistic way, but in a healthy way. That would be a 10 if you're just completely peaceful emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, and you've got love for yourself. Hmm. One being you hate yourself, you've got no peace, you're in constant stress. Where would you say you are typically on that scale? So so for me, you've mentioned peace and freedom a couple of times and, and, and freedom is the more important value for me. I get peace is yours and, and I understand why, but because I have a lot of peace a lot of the time, but freedom is something that I've struggled for for most of my life. Uh, and I, and COVID took me down the scale a little bit. I would say I was like a nine before COVID and I'm probably like a seven right now, just trying to find my yeah. way back to nine, I would say. Yeah. And I, and this is not a, a right or wrong, good or bad. This is yeah. just a personal self-assessment to say, okay, here's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Is this working for me? Yeah. If I'm happy with this and I feel good about it, cool. Then I'll, then I'll stay where I'm at, wherever the number is. But if I want to feel 
more peace, more freedom, more love for, for self and for everything around me and what my purpose, then the goal is to give people those exercises, those processes, those um, examples on how they can break free of that and, and just make it a little and go up a little bit on that scale. And it's interesting. I ask a lot of people this question. I was on, on uh, Drew Barrymore's show uh, a month ago, and I asked her this live on her show. Yeah. She said she was like a five. Mm. And, and she said the funny thing, and she was, you know, got a little emotional about it because she's just, she's not emotionally in the best place right now in her life. And she's yeah. talking about that publicly. And she goes, the, the funny thing is like, it was, it used to be less. It used to be like a three or a four, but I was still confident with myself, with my acting and my career. Like you can be a functional three somehow. Oh yeah. And still get results and still, you know, be killing it in certain areas. Hard, hard to have relationships when you're a three. Yeah, it's hard because it's because you don't have a good relationship with yourself. Right. And I think when we can learn to, again, not in a narcissistic way, but in a congruent, healthy way, have a lot of peace, love and harmony with the whole with, with, with self, then we can do it with others. And I don't, it sounds like you were similar to me where I was a people pleaser to almost everyone that I encountered. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and therefore, sure. I always gave in and gave in to make someone else happy. And I would abandon self, my yeah. wants, my needs, my boundaries, yep. because I didn't know how to manage the stress of someone else unhappy with me. That's that porous. That's that boundary problem. You, you, you were, you had to save you. What, 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 the way I experienced this, and you can tell me if this uh, is meaning for you, that the reason I had to do that, much like you're describing, I didn't, wasn't aware. I thought I just was sensitive to that person's pain and suffering and I needed it to help them stop rescue them, so to speak, which is nobody needs rescue because then they're always dependent on rescue. But that's what I thought. And in reality, what I learned, and I could not see it at the time and uh, could see it later through therapy, it was my pain that was being mobilized, wow. it was my pain that, that was getting going. And that's what I had to stop it in the other person. Yeah, I resonate with that. And, yeah. um, and I also just couldn't let, like, I needed everyone to like me. I yeah, yeah, like, yeah, which know. is part of that. Well, that's part of the, the pain. It's another response to pain, right? I know. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was I, I won't be lovable. People will abandon me. You've used all those words, and those are all those are all very common. Exactly. Now, now you ask, you in the book, you have five courageous questions. You like you ask a lot of questions, which I love, because it, it challenges people to, as you say, assess where they are. Yeah, I think it's important to ask these these questions. If you want to read one or two of them, I don't have it in front of me, but I I will. Hang on, I'm trying because I had some favorite ones and stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I just think most people don't ask the things that need to be asked the most, and they don't ask them with themselves. Yep, uh, they don't have those courageous conversations with others, and it's the cause of a lot of pain or a lot of stuckness. Yeah. And we've just got to be willing to ask those questions, you know, that will support our growth. And yep. it's going to be painful to ask and to face these things sometimes. It's not about not experiencing pain. It's about moving through it so that there's peace and freedom on the other side. I would argue also if you, you might have somebody else ask you these questions and see if yes. you can answer them in front of another person because it does change the experience. Uh, purity question. If you were 100% authentic to who you are, what would you do differently? So this is back to see yourself clearly. But what, what's yes. your authentic self? This is like, that's a key thing, especially these days. Uh, passion. What would it feel like if you could fill in the blank? Yeah. Right. So what would you, what would you do? What would you, what would you be passionate sure, about? Yeah. And then your last one was if you won the lottery, what would you do next? Which is kind of a really interesting question, right? It uh, gets down to your core motivations. Yeah. What would you do? Um, you know, someone asked me this question earlier today. They said, Lewis, um, how do you overcome self-doubt when you want to pursue a passion mm. and, and you know people are going to criticize you and judge you? And I think this is one of the biggest things people are afraid of is the judgment and the opinions of other people. And I said, listen, I was on my sister's couch for a year and a half, broke, making no money. I didn't support her in rent, nothing, when I was recovering from getting injured playing football uh, many years ago. And 
I was being criticized by sitting around doing nothing, right? I was being made fun of by peers. What is he doing? He's lazy. Why isn't he doing anything? You know, he's living off his sister's couch. I was criticized when I was broke doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm more criticized now yeah. by trying to make an impact in the world and, and following my purpose in a bigger way. You're going to be criticized either way. And I think you might as well find good people around you that support your purpose, your mission, your, your yeah. drive and what you want to do and yes. accept you for who you are, knowing you're not perfect. And I think a lot of people want to look perfect and they spend so much energy and effort and time trying to put on a perfect facade where no one will ever accomplish perfection. And it's exhausting. And it's mm-hmm. also inauthentic. Mm. And thinking that like me trying to do everything perfect is holding you back from taking action and it's also robbing ye others of the true gift of you. Ooh, that's interesting. Who you are, your authentic, your quirks, your, your idiosyncrasies, all those things. And so you're robbing people of the authentic gift of you and yourself by trying to not be criticized. And it's just going to cause more pain then facing the criticism that'll come, whether you're broke and sleeping on a couch or you're chasing your dreams. I, I absolutely agree. You have to have the nourishment of those other people around you yeah. who actually care, deeply care about you. That, that's a key thing to... to and, and if you don't learn to love and accept yourself, again, not in a narcissistic way, yeah. but in a healthy, congruent way, then you're always going to be trying to be perfect to try to please others. So you also won't take, you won't accept the support of these people. Exactly. You won't trust it. Exactly. Um, but there's an interesting, I just had an interesting thought I've never really had before. Uh, you were talking about the uh, criticism of others. My God, we live in a time when if you have any exposure to social media, it's just, it's just disgusting what comes your way, but it's also an opportunity for something we call exposure. Uh, yes. People Exposure are in, therapy, right? Yes. People are into safe spaces these days, but the reality is the way we get through things that we're afraid of that are uncomfortable for us is through exposure. And we have this ready-made system yeah. of exposure now that can get you very accustomed to a lot of yeah. shitty stuff. And I just don't think you can outthink your fears. Like you can analyze to a certain extent, but like you said, we've got to expose ourselves to the darkness and some, whatever the, whatever the bats are for us, you know, Batman was in the, you know, in the well, surrounded by darkness and bats, and that was his fear. Whatever that is for us, we've got to become the Batman of our own fears That's by facing them, by going That's all in on them. That's a great metaphor. Is that a new metaphor for you, or is that, that you used that before? I've been using that for a while, yeah. But it's one. like it's we've, all be, we've all got to become the Batman of whatever that fear is for us. For me, yeah. it was public speaking. It was yeah. all these other things that I was like so terrified. That's, great. That's a great metaphor. I had to go all in on it and embarrass yeah. myself over and over and over again, and it's not fun. It is no. painful. It is yeah. scary until it's not. And now it's okay. I, like I'm the Batman of public speaking now. I can do it and I feel fine. I love it. And uh, if I didn't go through it and expose myself to it every single week, humiliation for a year in front of an audience, stuttering, stumbling, looking like the worst speaker in the world, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I, I can't outthink it or analyze it or prepare by myself. I have to face those things. And I just think, yeah, you, you said it, like exposing yourself to these things is really the way, in my opinion. Well, one of the reasons I like the book is that you're, you're asking for people to sh- share and have experiences. And, and that's exactly what you're talking about with, in terms of being the Batman. You have to, it's experiential learning, it's experiential growth. And that's a really important part that people kind of, they, they, they want to skip that part because it's miserable. And, he, and here's the thing, I feel like if you want to feel more powerful on page i think it's page 201 i believe it's either 201 or 204 there's a there's a graph um let me just check real quick page yeah Yeah, 201 page 201 there's a graph greatness and powerless and this is another great assessment tool for yourself so if you feel powerless in life in any area or category of life Mm. there's probably one of six things happening or multiple things number one you lack a meaningful mission So if you are not able to, in one sentence, say what your meaningful mission is of this season of life, Mm. and that can be, I don't know what my mission is, and I'm on a journey of reflection, and this is my mission right now. Cool. At least you know what season you're in. But most people don't know what they want, why they're here, what the season is for them. And you don't have to have the next 50 years figured out. What is this year mission for you? You know, where are you at in this season of life? But most people are just not clear 
or it's not a meaningful mission. They're like, well, I, I've got this job and I've got these responsibilities and that's what I'm up to. But is yeah, that yeah. meaningful for you right now? And if it's not, then you might be feeling powerless. It doesn't make you bad or wrong. You just might be feeling that. If you are controlled by fear, you're going to feel powerless. Mm -hmm. And that's why we've got to expose ourselves to the darkness of those fears for us and go all in on the fears until the fears disappear. This is, in my experience, the only way. Yeah. The only way to overcome the fear is to, to immerse yourself in yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. Until you are no longer afraid of it. You yeah. can't outthink it. Uh, otherwise, you'll feel powerless. It all with the Batman metaphor. It says it all. You got to be the Batman. Yeah. Uh, number three, if you're crippled by self-doubt, I'm a, I'm a big believer that self-doubt is the killer of all dreams. That's my mm. thesis of this book, essentially. Mm. When we doubt self, we don't act courageously. We don't ask the courageous questions. We don't take the actions we need to do. We don't let go of things we need to let go of. We don't step into things because we're so crippled by self-doubt. I'll give you an example. I... I played with a, uh, a guy in high school uh, basketball who was, to this date, the greatest athlete I've ever seen. And I played in professional levels, and I've played against a lot of great guys in the NFL and NBA. I've played with them and hung out with them. I have never seen an athlete this great. In practice, he would dominate. He would dunk over people. He never missed a shot. It was unbelievable. He had a 45-inch vertical. He could do anything athletically. But in a game... He played below average, like he was average at best, and he didn't believe in himself. And it didn't matter if everyone else said, you're the best, you can do it. He didn't still believe in himself. And this is the thing, the, the cool thing about this, if the world says is against you, but you believe in you, you can still do great things. But if the world is for you and you don't believe then you're going to be average at best. So we have to learn how to master overcoming that. The fourth thing is concealing past pains. This is what I think a lot of people need to be focusing on the most. I totally agree with you. In this season. And, and you mentioned that was your number one hardest thing to bring. And forth. I think, you know, there's, there's, I don't know, probably 30,000 books about mindset and success and all yeah. these things out there. I don't, I don't see many of them talking about revealing past pains. No. And I just believe this is the new pathway to success and greatness. I totally agree. When we are, you know, our secrets make us sick. The body keeps the score, like you said. These things create codependencies, create numbing techniques, create all these strategies for survival that don't support us when we conceal past pains. It doesn't mean you're a bad person or wrong. It just means you're going to feel more powerless. The, the fifth one is defined by the opinions of others. We were just talking about this. When we won't act because we're worried what others think, mm. we, they have power over us. It doesn't mean we're bad. It's just something that's holding us down. And the sixth one, I believe, is drifting towards complacency. I don't think we're meant to just exist. I think we're meant to be here to create, to generate, mm. to experience, and to contribute. It doesn't mean we have to sacrifice a whole life to saving the world. But I feel like we've got to be contributing to the people around us in some way, shape, or form. And if we're in any of those areas, then we're going to feel powerless. And essentially, the opposite of those things will make you feel more empowered and step into the greatness mindset. I, I'm just uh, looking at some of the words I wrote down to trigger me to ask you some questions. And when I look at them, I'm struck by how powerful this language is. Let me just tell you the words, right? I'm just, gonna, just words that came out of your mouth that I wrote down. And you, you've added a new one to my personal list, which is generate or generative. That's a, that's an important word that is rarely included in this, in this grouping. I'm going to put forgiveness, gratitude, um, service, freedom, spirituality, healing, peace, freedom, intimacy. I mean, it's just, these are the, this that's is greatness. It's great. Well, so my last question, my last question, how does, how do greatness and happiness relate? Well, my definition of greatness is, is developing the unique talents and gifts within you to pursue your dreams. And in that pursuit, making the maximum impact on the people around you. For yeah. me, that's greatness. Yeah. And I feel like when you're on that path, I feel like there's a lot of joy, fulfillment and happiness with that way of being and way yep. of living and service mindset. I just feel like happiness is the result 
fulfillment is the result of discovering and developing your your unique gifts authentically. Yes. Figuring out what dreams you have, that, that voice inside of you that's calling you for each season of life that could be for a year or 10 years or 30 years, pursuing it, actually accomplishing it does not make you going to be happier. But in that pursuit yeah. and the growth and the lessons and the experiences and the people you meet is where mm-hmm. the happiness comes from. And doing it in service of others, happiness is the consequence of living a life of greatness. That's right. Uh, that's exactly where I, I would have, that's where I would frame it too. And that there are, there are symptoms along the way, like gratitude and forgiveness to let you know you're moving in that direction. Absolutely. Well, my friend, it is uh, fantastic to see the new book, The Greatness Mindset, Unlock the Power of Your Mind and Live Your Best Life Today. If you haven't been convinced by this conversation, I don't know what would convince you. Um, but more importantly, I'm just loving the the arc of what you've been through. It's just fantastic. And to end up in service is going to really help a lot of people. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah. It's, been, it's been a fun journey, and I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to be able to share with others and share with you, and I'm, and I'm grateful for you constantly being in service. I mean, you really paved the way for so many people to heal. You've been talking about this for a lot longer than me. I, I, I have, but but I, I do it my own way. You know what I mean? And you do it in your way. And I think, you know, it, 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 people have to hear this from many different right. perspectives and, and angles. And, and I, I'm just so, so I'm grateful that the, the way you're framing it and talking about it, and I think people will hear it. Um, is there a website or somewhere people should go? Just go to Amazon. Yeah, just, you can go to Amazon. Yeah. The greatest mindset on Amazon or Lewis house on social media. And, uh, let me any, know what you thought of this conversation. Yeah. Any pods you're excited about that coming up? Anybody you're interviewing that, man, we got to get you back on soon. That's what I'll be excited I'm, about. You know, I mean, we do, we would do the same interview pretty much, although it'll be from you poking at me. So it'll be very, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually, it's not a bad up. idea. It's not a bad idea because I bet you would get from me things that others wouldn't, you know, Absolutely. in terms of yeah, healing journeys and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause that, yeah. that's your area that you're wide open about now and really interested in. So that, that yeah. I'm mean, happy to talk about it. Yeah. We'd love to get you back on. I'll hit you up afterwards about this, but uh, you know, yeah, the school of greatness podcast, I've always got interesting people on and interesting perspectives and uh, the book, the greatness mindset is right. available. Yeah. All right, my friend. Congratulations. Thanks, Drew. Appreciate you, sir. Lewis Hauser, everybody. We'll see you next time. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com. See what hit blockbusters are streaming free during Popcorn Summer Movies on Pluto TV. Watch the first four Indiana Jones movies, or Minari, and Maid of Honor. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies, available on live and on demand. Download Pluto TV on all your favorite devices for free. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never.